Hello, everybody. Surprise! We're actually not dead. Nope, we're right here. We've just been <laughs> dead for a little bit, but we're alive again. We're back. <laughs> As you know, we ended up doing our best of episode, and then we ended up taking a week off. Reason being, there is some big news and some congratulations to be had. Oh, our Our own connoisseur, Trey, is now the sports reporter for the Greer Citizen, a local newspaper here in our area. That's right. It's a great job. Great people so far. I, I've loved it. Um, and I've been doing that for like two weeks now and so we've been trying to figure out a schedule and when i can get over here to record with ian and it's been kind of difficult but we finally found a time and so we're gonna try to be able to consistently upload again it's just as, as the wind blows as things go we'll have to figure it out so <laughs> but i mean the job is where the money's at it's so moderate let, money but yes let that, it's certainly let, let, let that be priority oh, it's, not, it's yes. not bad money no it's not bad <laughs> it's not great but, but it's not bad <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a small price to pay for doing what you love. Amen. I mean, because sports and journalism are literally like two of your favorite things. That's what I went to school for. So, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations are in order. Thank you. And thank we you, have thank a you. we have a reporter on the crew now. We do. And Maybe one day he'll be a wrestling reporter official. Oh, that'd be awesome. Helwani style. You never know. We need, we, we need to. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We need to have. We talk, We were talking off camera, and you off camera. We're not recording off microphone. Yes. And you were talking about freelancing. What if we ended up having our own just freelance wrestling site, Connoisseurs, like, Wrestle News or whatever. That would be awesome. And then we awesome. end up making our own, like, little article posts or That would whatever. be sick. Move out of the way, Meltzer and all you uh, Alvarez. Get out of here. <laughs> There's Riching and Stewart are in town now. No, nah, we... Oh, oh, my goodness, yeah. Admit, I haven't listened to Alvarez in so long. He used to be all I listened to because he was so entertaining. You listen to and even though now a lot, even right? though Meltzer is the guy, I have never seen a man just butcher the English language so bad. He is so you can tell he is like a writing journalist and not a speaking journalist because he's hard to listen to. His his role in WWE, I would describe him as the Anthony Fantano of WWE coverage and WWE. It seems, reviews, he, it seems I guess. he only likes what's going on in AEW. It does. So His star I don't ratings know. are very, very generous for those those uh for those shows and pay per views. I will I will say that that's all just, I'm gonna say. Just because the young bucks have named their finisher after him. That's right. Now he has favoritism. I know. It's it's again, he's he's definitely got a lot of influence, I think, in the in the business. But Modern wrestling man. Neither here nor there. Anywho, before we get into the wrestling, there's actually... I know we usually start with some wrestling news. We're going to touch on some of that as we go on today. But there's some outside of wrestling, real-life news. Some more kind of scientific news, if you want to say that. That was just too fascinating for me to not share, because I don't think you've heard this. Have you heard the news about Japan? No, I have not. I'm reading this straight from the article. The Geospatial Information Authority of Japan recently identified 7,273 new islands. The previous report was in 1987 by the Japan Coast Guard, and Japan was only believed to have 6,852. So that means Japan now has... 14,125 total islands, more than double what they initially thought in their country. Wow. Do you think those things will ever be for sale? Just like an island? And oh, so I have how no much will that cost? Own, oh, there's some good money in that. Or like maybe one of those little Ponzi schemes of name an island after yourself. Oh, gosh. Uh, name a star <laughs> name after a star, yourself. Yeah. You see that star? How you know it's that one? I don't know. The internet told me, I guess. It's ridiculous. But it gets even deeper as far as it comes to the Japan stuff. Because of those 14,125 islands, they did a survey, and turns out not one of them wants to see Brock Lesnar versus Omos. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Was that even real? Was the story really was a- real. The story was real. <laughs> okay, wow. That was a good setup. Norm MacDonald is one of my role models. That was a great setup. I was bamboozled and hoodwinked. Run amok, led astray. I was I was absolutely fooled. Well done. Well done. All right. I'm now start it off. <laughs> it's true, oh, though. that's like that having, that's like having to being the guy to follow up Austin and Brett. All right. Um, so we missed a lot of wrestling in the past like week or so. So we are going to do some quick hits. All right, hit me up. What you got? Now SmackDown on March third. The major things: Roman and Cody finally meet in person. Roman confirms that everything Heyman said was true, and that Roman was very close to Dusty, was even trained by Dusty, and that Dusty never talked about Cody when he was around. When he was around him, like to Roman, it's like Cody never existed. 
So Cody said, this is more than a story that needs to be finished. It's a necessity. He needs to exist. And the only way he can exist is by beating Roman at WrestleMania. Mm. I will give them credit because I am very impressed with the way they have built up a genuinely believable storyline even after the Sami Zayn hype because I thought that was going to be extremely difficult. How to come down from that to make Cody Rhodes be likable and believable the against Sammy Roman Reigns. The story with the bloodline is so huge. I had like very little faith that they were going to easily insert Cody into it. With so such a short time have, too. Yeah, such a short time. Yeah. So we already have the story with uh, Cody and his father and Roman. Thank God Dusty and Roman actually had a connection or else yeah. they'd really be grasping at straws. Yeah. But he really did train all those NXT folks from back in the day. Becky, yep. Seth, Roman, all of them. Kevin Owens. But now they're able, they found a way to insert him into the bloodline via his relationship with Sami Zayn. Yes. So now all of it is able to exist both separately and in tandem together. So just the fact they were able to so easily merge these stories without either of them losing their appeal is just dude, you became a fan at just the right time. I agree. Because you came in while all this bloodline stuff was going on. Yep. And dude, they have not had a story like this in years and years and years especially I, I, since I've been watching. I hope the payoff is worth it at WrestleMania. I'm not 100% sure how they're going to do it. They got a lot on their hands, but I'm impressed with how it's gone so far. Now, adding on to the Bloodline story, on that same show, Roman says he's losing patience with Jimmy regarding the Jay problem. Jay hasn't been around. He's been telling Jimmy, get in touch with your brother. And his brother said to leave him the hell alone. And Roman says that all this happened with Sammy. And because Sammy's so selfish and everything. But he says that he gives Jay one week to return to the bloodline and if he doesn't then he won't be blaming Sammy he'll be blaming Jimmy and somehow they managed to get me back on the edge of my seat every single time Roman opens his mouth now do we want to, have we updated it for last week's Smackdown where we were going to touch on the, we were going to touch on the Smackdown but let's go ahead and touch on it yeah so obviously they ended up he ended up coming back yeah and they ended up you know beating up on Sammy however a lot of people are speculating that while Sammy and I guess it was Jay. Yeah. Out of the ring, mm -hmm. Jay whispered something in Sammy's ear, signaling that maybe he hasn't fully committed back a to the bloodline in the first place. A lot of people are saying that it's, I trust you. Yeah. So. And I'm not 100% sure if that's going to be the case, if there's going to be someone turning on somebody at WrestleMania, how that's going to work. Well, assuming I'll tell you right assuming now, we're getting KO and Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Going after that, um, when Jay was back on SmackDown and he was talking about, well, I had to do what I had to do and everything. I heard. I saw some people saying that while he, the way he was talking, his stuff he was saying was very cryptic. Yeah. And then he started adding. Sam, and then he added Sammy's name like once at the end. He could have easily been talking about Roman. Yeah. Someone. So, someone said they didn't. He did not mention Roman in terms of why he did what he did. He just said he had to do it. He did it for when he was talking. He said his blood, but he kept motioning to Jimmy. Exactly. He said he's my blood. He doesn't mention Roman. Nope. He doesn't mention Solo. There's he, something going on there. 100. percent So. Uh, WrestleMania, I have a feeling the payoff is going to be incredible. Like, at this point, there's no way that it can be. Where's, where's some... Knock, knock on that wood over there for me. Okay, sweet. Hopefully, it will be a good payoff. Yes. But really good. Um, also, on SmackDown, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, uh, Beat Liv Morgan, other stuff happened, blah, blah, blah. Oh! Um, yeah, we are, oh, yeah, we already talked about SmackDown. It was Solo and Sammy, and then Jimmy... Yeah, anyway... Uh, just a lot of stuff has happened with the bloodline. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with what it is. Going into the following week's Raw on March 6th, there is a very special guest in Boston during this episode, and his name is John Cena! We had a sound where it was going to say, and his name is I John Cena, but he can't access it. I soundboard to work, so and we it's had a major to, we had to, pisser. We had to adjust. He had to do a you makeshift sound. Just so you can get the experience, I'm going to add it right here. And his name is John Cena! Sorry about your eardrums. All right. Going into the next one. Oh, not going into the next one. We're still on John Cena. Mm. There is so much crap that's gone on. There, so, speaking To speak about John Cena's appearance on Raw. Go ahead. There is an absolute... It, it, you forget, after so long of such rare appearances of people like John Cena and The Rock, how different levels are when it comes to cutting promos. You see why he was see, the guy exactly. for well over a decade. I genuinely believe that 75% of becoming a fan favorite is promo cutting and being able to talk on a microphone and be believable. And when he started talking about how they got a pipe in fake crowd noise for Austin Theory, 
I haven't been. I haven't. I haven't hated Austin Theory in a while. I've liked what they've done with this character. But I started feeling like, yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you suck, Austin Theory. And it, you, it, it's the way that in one promo you can rope someone, you can rope someone in and turn them against whoever they're talking to. That's that's just it's it's an and art. My that thing few is that mastered. John Cena has like remastered his character because he really understands how the wrestling business works to where he's able to change his character. Yeah, and well, he he's always John Cena. But he's able to change. See, here's the thing. He ended up mentioning when he he accepted the match with Austin Theory, and when he accepted that match, he when he was about to accept the match, he said, "If you win, you lose everything. If you lose, you lose everything." And is really talking about how it's the biggest mistake of his life and whatnot. And essentially, like reading between the lines, he's basically threatening to bury Austin Theory. Yeah, that's what John Cena was like. Everyone hated about him, like in the late 2010s to late to mid 2010s, is that it the the meme was Law Cena wins, he <laughs> and Super Cena. He even said he even called himself Super Cena. So Super Cena is every single match he's in, he wins. Every title match, he wins. He's even just going over, going over, and so now he's turning that into a threat. Yeah. So for him to take all these things people said about him, oh, I can't stand that John Cena's doing that flipping it around just like how he's feeding into the you can't see me memes now he's also feeding into hey i bury people so you better watch what you wish for and i don't know i i can't say i think he's gonna win i think austin theory's gonna i think austin theory's gonna get his chance i don't think yeah. austin theory beating john cena is gonna be as detrimental to austin theory as john cena is no, making no, it no. out to be if John Cena wins, it'll yeah. be detrimental because honestly, I don't use the term. I don't always use the term Barry, but he was borderline burying theory. Yeah. In that oh, like, he will. Yeah, absolutely. Really cutting him down. So yeah. I really hope it's levels. like, it's levels maybe it seems it. like maybe John Cena is about to hit his five moves of doom and theory ends up interrupting one of them. And everyone's like, Oh, he's still in this or something. I don't know. Who knows? But all I know is that I think we don't have much longer with John Cena left. I don't think no. I don't know if he's got much more in the tank. I have what he heard said. theories, pun intended. Yeah. I have heard theories and rumors that there is a big John Cena match lined up for SummerSlam. Do you know what the potential match is? If it could be anything, I would hope it's one last match between him and Edge. But what is the potential match? It's so not him and Logan his retirement. Paul? They're not calling it his retirement match, but yeah, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Which I think that be. I think it'd be great because he, him, and Roman put on a great match. Here's the thing, Logan Paul. I will never believe him as a champion. Especially not this early on. But you can always see him going up against the top guys and being a he believable threat. He puts on threat. incredible matches. Yeah. Like, it'd be different if they were just signing his name. But, dude, he is a pure athlete. Like, he puts on incredible matches. He is such a hateable heel. He plays into it so well. So, yeah, I, no. I'm, I have a honest prediction that I think Seth Rollins and Logan Paul is going to be the best, not, be best match at least of night one at WrestleMania. Oh, and no, it very entirely. well could be the whole thing. I think it's going to be a fantastic show. Entirely. And speaking of WrestleMania matches, I remember where I was when they announced Lita, Trish Stratus, and Becky going up against Damage Control. Mm. Did not think they were going to actually put Trish Stratus in the ring. I thought it would just be a manager standpoint. But you weren't able to see like Trish and Lita. Their era of Trish, Lita... Um, and Mickey James, I would really say it's the three of them. There are some others, but those are the three that come to mind. They put on some clinics. Like, back when women's wrestling, back when women were only used for the bra and panty matches and the swimsuit editions and everything. Before it was even Divas. Before it was, it was like... It, it was still Divas. Yeah, it was still Divas. Because uh, they were Divas first, then they changed it to women's division. How long have, has, have Divas been around? And it was like an actual... They were actually started wrestling. Women's um, wrestling. I would say... So they changed the name in 2016, 90s. I think? I would okay. say 90s. Gotcha. But yeah, 2016 during the women's revolution. Gotcha. Around that time. 15, 16. Uh, that's when Charlotte and Becky and Sasha and everyone started coming in. Bailey. Exactly, yeah. Can't forget about my girl Bailey. Oh, yeah. And I, I hope they finally give... I, they need to start doing more with Bailey because Damage Control, I don't think it's taken off the way I want it to. <laughs> like, they, they deserve to take off so much more. But Lita and Trish and Mickey were tearing it down during those times when people weren't taking women seriously. They put on clinics. Like, yeah. they were genuinely good performers and people actually watched for their matches. Lita and Trish had an insane feud. So it's really cool for them to be teaming up. But it also makes me think that maybe they could turn Trish heel and give a little WrestleMania shock. 
like maybe their old feud will bubble back up and then she'll end up taking damage control side halfway through the match. Or maybe Lita will do it. Who knows? What do you think happens with damage, con- damage control after the match? Because they, I feel like at some point they're going to break up. I just don't know when. Well, on the contrary, opposite for me, I don't know if you saw Ariel Helwani's interview with Bailey. I did not. He ended up doing an interview with Bailey, and Bailey said the vision has always been to add more and more and more people to damage control, turn it into a full-blown stable. Okay. Or a faction. So, I hope they end up signing more people from, like, NXT, calling them up and having them be part of Damage Control. That would control. be awesome. And, like, even if they're not all wrestling together, they're coming in carrying the Damage Control banner, like the NWO and stuff, you know? That would be great. Honestly, I think it's, uh... And there's never been a... That's Bailey's whole thing. She said, when she pitched this idea, she said, there's never been a women's faction. There have been women who have teamed together, but, like, never passed, like, three. Yeah. There have never been a true faction that have a name and they just wreak havoc. Yeah. So I really hope Bailey's dream comes true because damage control has some huge potential. Um, then Logan Paul and Seth Rollins match got announced and put into action on, on Miz TV. Why is the Miz the host of WrestleMania? Why does WrestleMania need a host? Does it not have one every year? Or does it have one only once in Hollywood? It has one once in a while. The Rock has been a host. Um, who, who I, I completely lost? Completely lost. Uh, the New Day. The New Day was a were, were hosts one time, so I mean it's entertaining, but it's just unnecessary. Yeah. But I love the Miz, so I'm fully in support of it. Um, one thing from this promo is Logan Paul was like calling Seth the loser. He's humiliated him twice, and he said, and I quote, "I've accomplished more in one year than you have in 20." Okay, so um, 20 years ago was um, 2006. Yep. Uh, Seth Rollins didn't start wrestling till 2009, and I'll have to share it with you off mic because there's so much. But Seth Rollins has accomplished so much. Yeah. So much. Like, he is a double Grand Slam champion in WWE. But it makes you mad that Logan would say something so ridiculous and so stupid and immature, right? It makes you just... Exactly. makes you see, which exactly. makes him a perfect heel. Exactly, which is exactly... Which, which makes him such a damn good heel. Yeah. Did you hear that in the... Com- that um in, I think, Raw coming up... One of the segments is going to be a special live edition of Impulsive TV. Yes, and I'm actually looking forward to that. That'll be cool. That's going to be pretty dope. I hope they don't have Mike up there because I can't stand Mike. But, you know, if it's, <laughs> I hope it's just Logan. And if you're going to bring someone up, bring George. But please don't put Mike on that in that ring. Good night. <laughs> I, that dude just irks me. I don't know what it is. Then we had the Jimmy Uso and Sami Zayn where Jay ended up turning on him. Which we, we had... I think we went over... most. We mostly covered We that, went over most of it. Yeah. So let's go into... The most recent stuff. Okay. So, SmackDown, last week on the 10th, Jay and Jimmy are in the ring, getting really passionate about what he he had to do, what he had to do. We already covered that one. Then we had Charlotte beat Shotzi, then Rhea confronts her after. Oh my God. It was a rough match between Charlotte and Shotzi, not going to lie. Now we're going at a snail's pace. I was not impressed with either of them in that match. I I, I don't know whose fault that was. I was thinking it might have been Shotzi's, but that was a... That one was looking rough. I'm not going to lie. I don't even think the match is the real crime in this. The real crime is the buildup for this Rhea and Charlotte match. They are both such badass, tough-as-nails, incredible women with great, like, championship backgrounds and, like, resumes. And it's just, they're talking back and forth. Okay, now let's not talk for a week. And now let's talk back and forth again. Let's look at each other. Dominic's done. Dominic's done as much talking to Charlotte as Rhea's done. Dominic's done. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Dominic's done more for the Judgment Day lately Agreed. than Rhea Ripley has. Yeah. Dominic's done more for the Judgment Day than everybody except Finn Balor. I would say recently. Poor Damian Priest. Yeah. And I think s- Damian Priest. Off topic. Damian Priest's entrance might be the best out of the entire Bloodline. I, bloodline. I'm sorry. Judgment Day. Yeah. Have you seen his entrance? I think we saw. Like you know it how he, he, he came out in the, his entrance at uh, the house show we went to in Charles or Florence. He was there. Well, for that, I think it was it was specifically Finn Balor's and the Judgment Day, the Judgment Day default entrance. I gotcha. Think. Okay. But they all have their own individual ones too, where it's like different variations of like the wings. They all have their own unique set of wings and unique background, and I love stuff like that where they are. And you even hear in their theme songs that they all have more domineering, evil versions of their theme songs, but they're basically the same as their last ones. But anyway. Uh, Damien Priest, when he comes out, he has the wings, but it's like half purple flames and half like orange flames. So it's like the Judgment Day, but then it's also like hell themed and everything. 
looks badass. That man deserves an incredible run, and I hope they give it to him at some point. It'll be a while, I bet. They got so many things to work out with this Judgment Day storyline. It's going to drag on the next WrestleMania. I feel like all this stuff they got going on. Yeah. Dom and Ray, all this Rhea stuff. If she becomes champion, Finn and Edge. I mean, who knows how long it's going to take before Damien gets his shine. Well, speaking of Ray, congratulations to the first pick for the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. And congratulations to his son for being a spoiled piece of garbage. That man, I'm telling you what, I will give him credit because his promo skills have gotten so much better since he started in this feud. This little, this whole bit with Ray and his son. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen during the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Dominic's going to interrupt his dad's speech and actually like carry it on to where like they they really get into it like during his Hall of Fame induction. This was to be a special moment for him and his family. And Ray's finally gonna haul off and hit him. Yeah, please. <laughs> Please, the pop that's gonna get's gonna be ridiculous. So that, uh, like, it's really gonna be good. Like, Ray is so good in the ring. Like, I know that he's gonna make Dominic look good. Yeah. And you know they're gonna have fun. Like, I get in- I get inducted into the Hall of Fame, and then I get to have a ma- be at WrestleMania with my son, and we just go out in that ring and just have a good time. Yep. Like, you couldn't ask for anything no, better than that. It's a dream come true for him, I'm sure. Then we had the Viking Raiders defeat Braun and Ricochet. No notes. I'm just really glad that Braun and Ricochet are still teaming up because they might be my favorite team right now. Uh, then there was a Fatal Five Way. This was a big one. Um, Xavier Woods versus Karrion Cross versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And he was my pick to win. He was who I wanted to win. But yeah. he was my sleeper pick. But here's the thing. I vividly remember us talking you said that you had Sheamus. I said that I had Drew. And it ended in a tie. For the for the IC title at Mania. That's yeah. who that's yeah, what, that's what we were yeah. guessing. And so both of them ended up winning. We were hoping it would be a triple threat. I still think it will be. I still think after this I think week it it's going to be a triple because threat. Because they're going to have a match this week to yeah. determine who's really going to be it. Sheamus and Drew going one-on-one. Which will be a banger of a match. Absolutely. But I really hope it's a triple threat. Because both of them deserve it. And come on. What's better than Gunther going up going to WrestleMania against one big man? Going against two, two big men. Yep. That'll yep. be a lot of big meaty men slapping me. <laughs> and all the stuff I've heard lately about Drew too, he seems to be such a he's a, he's one of the hardest workers in the company. He deserves he deserves I w- he deserves I think to win the belt. However, I think they're not I don't think they're going to take that off Gunther for a little while. I think he's going to have that for he's been one of the most from everything I've heard, he's been one. Of, he's had one of the most impressive IC title runs of anybody that's ever held the belt. Oh yeah, because he's a legitimate champion. You look at him, you look at him wearing that belt, and think, oh yeah, that's Imperium. a motherfucker I don't want to deal with. And one of the coolest <laughs> entrances of anyone, the it's Imperium in general. It's just so simple. It's yeah. just a simple entrance, and he just comes. He he looks badass, and he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, he's it's crazy the transformation pictures from him. He is he has gotten into crazy shape. Well, let's talk about... Well, I was, I, was, I was about to say real quick, speaking of L.A. Knight... I was going to say the same thing. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me talk to you. To, let me talk to you. I <laughs> fucked it up. I had it I had it geared up. I had it wound up. I was ready to strike. Damn it. I should have let you That's lead with I'm this here. one. Uh, but no. Apparently, he got such a good reaction at the house show leading up to WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden. They don't listen to a lot of crowds, but when you're in the garden, yeah, they listen. And L.A. Knight was in a battle royal of all things. It was getting a massive babyface reaction. People are so behind L.A. Knight. And it sounds like after WrestleMania, WWE is going to be too. He got a huge pop at the show before the one with the Fatal Five Way as well. Which is kind of why people started to realize, okay, this guy's got the crowd behind him. This guy's a potential future, you know, headliner type of dude. And the thing is, we saw him... At Greenville, yep. on a dark match and after he the lost. show, and, and he, he lost to who we're going to talk he about got, next. He, yeah, he got put. He got put through a table. Yeah. by Bray Wyatt. Yep, and everyone. I was hearing people all throughout the crowd. People were behind us screaming, "Yeah, yeah!" And I was like, "These people love L.A. Knight. They do." So he's Again, just gotten more and more hot. Seventy. He's great in the ring, but seventy-five percent of the battle is just winning over a crowd on the microphone. And he, I don't think there's anybody better in the company right now doing that than him. And that's saying a lot, because there are some good ones on the mic. Roman's gotten incredible on the mic. Yeah. He used to not be the oh best, my goodness. he's gotten... So, in- so you saw the video on Twitter of like, of like, have you seen kind I've of seen, like, obviously the promo that Cena cut against them, where Roman couldn't remember his, uh, couldn't yeah, remember his yeah. lines. And he's like, if you want to be one of the big boys, you got to learn how to cut a promo. I have to show you the promo I found, because like, it was him just being like, with the shield, and he's like... The shield always wins out, yada, yada, yada. And it sounded so rehearsed. 
Then it gets over to today and the swagger he has. He's not even playing a character. You believe everything he's saying. You're Absolutely. like, this man is dope. And he's about to tell me some dope ass shit. Yep. <laughs> it's essentially that, what no, it is. for real. So, but since we invoked his name, Bray Wyatt, there were some serious rumors going around with him about how he ended up leaving because leaving WWE indefinitely because of creative differences. Turns out that was completely false. And Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful ended up clarifying, saying that he is out for an undisclosed physical emergency or something. The undisclosed physical emergency is embarrassment from having to put on the pitch black match. <laughs> Just my personal opinion. And start a feud with Brock Lesnar and start a feud with um, Bobby Lashley. And then he disappears. What's Bobby going to do at WrestleMania now is my question. Who are they Probably get involved him? in the Omos match. I guess. I mean, would... I think that's the only thing that would redeem it. Yeah. I felt bad for Bobby in the first place because it was kind of weird, the whole storyline they were having going. And I was thinking, all right, this might not really do well for Bobby. It's like Seth Rollins said. There aren't many people, and no no disrespect to Bray Wyatt, who have worked with Bray Wyatt in the past that have really gotten over after working with Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? See, that's the thing. I l- I've done, I wouldn't say a 180 on Bray Wyatt. More like a... Um, a 90. Uh, one, I'd say a 127. I'm kind of turning my back on him, but yeah. I'm still wanting to hold on. Because I love what he does. I've always followed him. I love the stuff with The Fiend. I was so hot on The Fiend, and they screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. Uh, now they have this whole new stuff with him, with him and his... Um, Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy and everything. It looks like they've shat the bed on that, too. So, I don't know. Like I love Bray Wyatt, and I love how creative he is. He's an incredible creative mind. I don't know if you've seen like Alexa Bliss get interviewed on um, the Out of Character podcast that WWE has. With uh, Ryan Satin. I have not seen that one, actually. I know the podcast, but I haven't yeah, seen well, that Yeah, well, she one. ended up uh, being a guest on there, She was, and they were talking about how nobody, like, there were a lot of people who were dissenting voices against what she was doing with Bray Wyatt. They're like, oh, this is garbage, this is lame, it's so confusing, we hate it, yada, yada, yada. And she's over here defending it, saying, Bray Wyatt, I loved working with him. It's my favorite thing in my career so far. He's such a creative mind. The things he comes up with are insane. She's like, and I got to shoot fire from my hands. She said, all these people that are saying that it wasn't good, you be in them. If you were given the opportunity, hey, you're going to work with Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. And you're going to shoot fire out of your hands and make people cough up black goop. Would you say no? I wouldn't. I certainly <laughs> so, wouldn't. Alexa, sure, on TV, it wasn't the best. But hearing Alexa just ooze about it, no pun intended, yeah. just go on and on about how much she loved it. Made me happy for her. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I would have loved that too. Like if Bray Wyatt even looked in my direction, I would consider myself blessed. Yeah, so. and I'm not even sure. I'm speaking of Lex. I'm not sure what the direction for her is or what she's gonna do in the future. But best wishes to her and whatever she's uh, whatever she decides for herself because she's taking a little bit of a break, obviously. Um, I think probably because Bray's gone and they're like, well, that's the direction we were going with that. Now what? Yeah, and she. I mean, she was. She Maybe had a she's little bit possessed less... by the spirit of Uncle Howdy this time or something. I don't know. Her, she, she, she's obviously married now, and I think she's probably focusing on family and stuff like that, which is totally understandable. She's done enough for the company, it says. Now we have the most recent show. We've made our way over to the March 13th edition of Raw, and the show begins with one of my all-time favorites, one of your all-time favorites. Edge comes out to greet the crowd, and he confronts the Judgment Day. Uh, he he refers um, Dominic, Damian, and Rhea as Lurch, Pugsley, and Wednesday. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I didn't even hear that. That's so cool. Here's the thing. Edge is like one of the only people I know who can stay so relevant with his humor and make his humor hit to where it doesn't feel like, oh, he just forced that in. Yeah. But like, you know, everyone's talking about Wednesday. But it's also like old enough to where older crowds would get it too. They're just like, yeah. I get that. And yeah. it... He just said it so dryly, it just hit. Edge is so great at humor. If you haven't seen any of his stuff he did with Christian back in the day, I need to educate you because Edge's comedic chops are second to none. And he's going to be in Percy Jackson, the new series as well, which I can't wait for. I know. And he was in the uh, Vikings HBO series. I don't know if you knew about that. Did not know that. It's cool. Yeah, he, in full Viking gear. I mean, he already had the beard, so yeah. all they had to do was like do his hair up. But Edge says, if you want to challenge, you challenged me for a ra- match at WrestleMania last week. Fine. You got it. But he said the last year of his comeback, he's wasted with the Judgment Day. Facts. Uh, the year before, he wrestled in front of a bunch of screens in the Thunderdome. 
also facts, and he says he's running out of time and he needs to accomplish what he came to accomplish. And there's only one way that it can end. Inside hell in a cell. And then Finn Balor's one-liner to cap it off. I've been to hell, and they couldn't handle my demons. Oh, so you know it's we're coming. getting the demon fucking You Balor. know it's coming. He's going to be done up in the purple. Like, black and purple is one of my favorite combinations ever. Another reason why I love the Judgment Day. And I bet there's going to be some updates to it as well. It's not going to look exactly like it did. There's going to be some new touches to it, I'm oh, sure, which I can't wait Oh, he always adds new touches. Yeah. It never looks... You need to watch all of Demon, demon Balor's matches, because all of them hit. I don't care what anyone says. All of them hit. But that's when he's really able to cut loose and really, like, be a character actor. Yeah. And he's really, he changes his whole offense and the way he carries himself. Like, he turns into a monster. It's so crazy. And but every single time, he changes his demon makeup. Every single time. So never looks the same. And their last pay-per-view matchup was an absolute banger, too. I can't remember, was it Extreme Rules? Or was it, it wasn't Survivor Series. It might, was it Crown it might, Jewel? It might have been Extreme, I might have been Extreme Rules. Which match? Um, his, his match with, uh, Edge. When oh, he went Edge into and the crowd It and might then, have been, it might have been an Extreme Rules. It's either yeah. that or Crown Jewel. Yeah. Um, because I remember I was over here to watch it. Um, it was an absolute, it was best match of the night, yeah. arguably. Yeah, if you were over here to watch it, it was Extreme Rules, because as soon as you found out what time Crown Jewel started, you're like, uh-uh. Yeah, Because it ended that's up right. starting at, like, around lunchtime, that's and you're right. like, nah, yes. that ain't working. Forgot about that, okay. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, fun fact, I don't know if you caught this. But this is the first Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania in seven years. The last one was Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 32, where Shane jumped off of the cell to hit the leap of faith onto um, Undertaker, or elbow drop, my bad, onto Undertaker through the announce table. And Taker still won. But... I'm sorry. I'm just going to pause real quick. This is off the record. You can cut off the record if you want, or we can put it on the podcast. Whatever. Are you positive I wasn't here for Crown Jewel? I think it was Clash at the Castle that I wasn't here for, because mm, that one started at 1 right, o'clock. You might be right, I want to say, because we watched the Logan Paul fight together. We were watching I don't think sp- we got to see Clash at the Castle, because I remember I really... We didn't. Clash at the really, Castle, we did not get to see. Yeah, Crown no. Jewel, though, I thought... Crown Jewel, maybe. Who all fought... What was on that card? See, that's what I'm trying to remember. I usually block all the Saudi shows out of my mind. Oh, what was on that card? Because of PTSD, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, Post-traumatic Saudi disorder. I can't remember. I think I was over here for that. That's off the cuff. That's off the, you no, know, no, off no, the record. No. I just no, no, yeah, like I was thinking I was going I crazy legit, for a second. No, no, you're good. No, I, I really don't know. But we'll figure this out after after we uh, wrap recording because I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. I have a picture or something from that day. So all of this led into a brawl, which led to Gargano versus uh, to um, Gargano and Dexter Loomis going up against the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day wins. Thank God they are bringing Johnny back to NXT to fight for the title. Yeah, now he's got he's doing two different things now. He's doing show he's doing bits on Raw and now he's going to fight Grayson Waller for the title. It's he's a busy I, man these days. It's going to sound so bad, but I feel like Gargano was made for NXT because the main roster, he just gets lost in the shuffle, but at NXT he really Yeah. Gets to, he has enough experience to where he's he's simultaneously a rising talent and can also put over rising talent yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to see him back in NXT. Maybe they'll hit us with a surprise and bring Champa back too, and have a little DIY reunion or rekindle their um, their feud. Either way, they bring fire everywhere they go. So I think yeah. it's the I think it's, that's where he's meant to be right now. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful with Johnny being there. Uh, then probably the most anticipated thing in all of pro wrestling right now, we got to see a face to face confrontation with Brock Lesnar and Omos. They had a singular spot, and they botched it. <laughs> they botched it. Almost tried to put Bro- Brock over the they rope, and Brock got it. stuck. No, no, no. And they big Brock got stuck, and he went went about halfway up. Then almost had to lift him with both hands, and then he finally Look, fell over. Look, you don't understand. Omos is just such a giant that he's not able to throw mere men over the over the top rope. No, no, no. That's too easy for them. You saw after he threw him over the top rope. Lesnar landed on his feet. No, no, no. He was trying to smash him against the rope to hopefully bounce him back and then deliver something very, very hard on there because Omos is a ring general. I am a diehard Omos sexual. And I am... He is going to... I can't... I can't... Part of me is like, yeah, you're being sarcastic. And then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he is an homosexual. Who knows? This match is going to be 
ass. Okay. It's going to be like... This is when the John Cena thing would have come in handy. I saw somebody, I saw somebody said, all right, all right, Brock, we're going to figure out your plans for WrestleMania. All right, what you got for me? A uh, few with Bray Wyatt. Nope. Nope, I've seen where that goes. I am not touching that. No. Yep. Okay. Uh, then, then, uh, who, then, who do you want to face? Uh, give me that big black boy. Let me, let me, let me throw him around a bit, and then we'll be good. Okay. That's literally like the whole thing. I, honestly, <laughs> I think it does come down to you know, this is one of those things that people keep saying. Oh, Vince is back. This is an example. This is something he would book. Vince has got an obsession <laughs> with the oversized dudes that don't have any technical skill. <laughs> if there's any match. That is a Vince match. It is that one because it has Brock Lesnar, the favorite of corporate or whatever. And then you have the great Kali of this era. Yeah, that's pretty much a perfect comparison. Oh, he's a big guy and he's a big guy. Yeah, that's all you need. Nope. I mean, he's seven feet. We could do the little Andre angle with him, make him look like he's 10 feet. You bring him out there. Some people bounce off of him. I don't know. Hit him with a big boot. And you're good. People come to see that. Did you notice that there was a holy shit chance when they were sitting in the when they were standing in the ring for the first time? I'm like, why? I was thinking the same thing. Are we the only ones not into this? Because that crowd was kind of hot for it. It almost I think it's just because they saw his height in person and realized, oh, that is a big deal. Especially compared next to Brock. But almost part of me almost thought it was like tongue in cheek. I wasn't 100 percent sure. I was like, is this a real chance? I I wanted people. I was God. I wish I was in the crowd because I would have totally started after they tried throwing him over the top rope. I started a "This is wrestling" <laughs> and start chanting that. Like, oh, yeah, gosh. this is the shit we're here for. Five stars, Meltzer. Oh, I this can't is a wait five to see star what the rating that match gets after it's all said and done. Then we ended up getting a match that I was actually hella excited for: Cody Rhodes for the first time going up against L.A. Knight. Yeah. So and. It was a really good match, and he got so many near falls on Cody. I mean, we all knew where it was going to go, of course. but it really showed, like, it already showed that they showed promise in LA Knight, that they put him in the in a match with the guy right now. I am still dreaming of a potential Steve Austin versus LA Knight match at WrestleMania. I'm not giving up on it just yet. I know... There's rumors that Austin's not coming back, but there's rumors that he is going to come back and wrestle again. And I think those two, can you imagine, can you imagine the promo cutting battles between those two? It would just be, ex- oh my gosh, it just makes me shiver thinking about it. <laughs> it would be so good. Oh, It would just, be so good. So People are talking about the, the what and the yeah chants going back and forth when they're both in the ring together. I was like, oh my word. It's, it's a match made in heaven. I didn't even think about that. The what? Yeah. yeah what? Yeah. Exactly. They're just getting in their it's faces. It's a match literally made in heaven. Like, if they just don't take themselves too seriously, but also serious enough to where you're like, oh, I want to see this fucking match. Yeah. yeah. So. And he's, like you said, LA Knight's supposed to get a big push after WrestleMania. No better way to get a good give push. Give him the Kevin Owens push, baby. Yes, exactly. I'm just saying. I would love it. Absolutely would love it. Oh, man. I will be there no matter what. After the match, Cody had another fiery promo talking about how Mr. Heyman says he shouldn't meddle in bloodline business, but he doesn't work for the bloodline. So if you want to stand side by side with Sammy, he can. And they keep saying, oh, well, don't make it personal. It was personal when I came in when I was 21 years old on the on the in front of these same cameramen. And he starts going down his lineage of his uh, career. And he said that he didn't that um, he always thought he was a prince in the industry, but he has no crown, no chip, no master sword, which I thought that was an incredible line for him to drop. Really showed his geek there. He said at WrestleMania, he will be the first Rhodes to become champion. He never misses. Yeah, I was worried too because he was gone for so long. You don't really lose that skill of being able to, you know, win the crowd over. We got a good promo, but yeah, he's he come back. Cool, he didn't cool down at all. He only got hotter, is the thing. Like yeah. after he came back, which and is talk the about absence part. makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. yeah, even though everyone knew he was going to win the rumble, everyone had a feeling. Oh well, he's got to be coming in at number thirty. Everyone knew where this is going. Everyone knows that he might be winning. And people try to convince us, you know. Oh, they're going to be so upset that Sammy lost that everybody's going to boo Cody when he walks out every time. And But then they no. end up alleviating that. It's like, actually, no. Didn't you know that Cody and Sammy are really good friends? Exactly. And then, well, shoot. Well, now we got to love both of them. Look what you did to me. Yeah. So then we had Elias going up against Bronson. Sorry, <laughs> up against Bronson Reed. Bronson was over. Next, uh, Angelo Dawkins. Why did I hang on his name? Angelo Dawkins up against Theory. Theory ended up winning, 
And he ended up putting Dawkins in the STF, John Cena's submission hole, yep. to put insult to injury to send a little message to John. So I like that he's I like that he's doing that. Then Seth Rollins was offered coaching by one Baron Corbin. He said, you know what? I can help coach you for your match against Logan Paul. And Rollins' response was to beat him in a super short match on Raw. Baron Corbin is possibly taking more L's after L after L than anyone I've seen recently. The poor guy. How is this man still employed with the company? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Because here's the thing. I started getting back into wrestling in 2016. This is around the time Baron Corbin was first starting to get a push and he had the more like he had the lone wolf gimmick he had was like wearing more black and uh he had the long hair and everything and his entrance i don't know if you've seen his old song i have actually i bring the darkness yes. and when he came out the treatment they gave him was an insane entrance him and jinder mahal two people that i did not want to see had the most badass entrances during that period of yeah. smackdown so yeah so He's just a jobber right now. He went from that, and then when he became Homeless Corbin, everyone's like, okay, he's actually playing a really compelling character because he was down on his luck. Then as soon as he became Happy Corbin, everyone's like, all right, there's nothing interesting about about you now. You wear Hawaiian shirts. Great thing. The whole JBL storyline was just, I I was not buying into that, and that was (laughs) Neither was JBL. No, that's why it lasted like a (laughs) month and a half, and then it was over. The uh, The only thing that was great about that thing with JBL was JBL's first promo when he was wearing those freaking bell bottom slacks. Yes. What was that about? I have no idea. I don't know what statement he was making, but you know, like, you're not behind a desk right now, JBL. You're not doing commentary anymore. <laughs> we can see. So we can, yeah. can kind of see your, your, your choices yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Bianchi. Bianchi. <laughs> Bianchi up against Chelsea Green. And honestly, I keep forgetting that Chelsea Green is a thing. I remember I kind of popped when she showed up at the Royal Rumble, and they've just been doing they had nothing one with week her. Where they had a where they flew her to the wrong, the wrong Ottawa, I believe is what it was. Yeah, so Ottawa, I don't Illinois know. They're, they're turning like, her into a comedy bit, but like I feel like it's just one of those where you're like, okay, yeah, there's gonna be no payoff to this, is there? Maybe like, it just, just give her like, time. Hey, we need something for you, but I'll get I'll give her time. Her time is gonna be when Zack Ryder comes back. That's gonna be her time to shine. That would be awesome. That will, yeah, that will make it worth it, but the odds of that happening are, what did you give those odds of him coming back within the next two months? In the next two months? Three months. Three, oh, three months, well, that, three months, I would say 60%. Really? You think it's that high? I think it's that high. Okay. He's been doing a lot of stuff in Dude, the Indies, this I know, is the but... perfect, he is in Cody territory, as far as it comes to his popularity. He could come back and be a brand new person. Like, he would be the next person to do what Cody did. And I'm, m- more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm behind you, your your theory of him doing it for NXT, which would actually be pretty cool because then he would basically be the Cody Rhodes of NXT. Yeah. So he'd be able to get the same pop because he's not competing with Cody no. on the main roster. Then have him put a couple of the other guys over, maybe form a stable, who knows, and then move up to the main roster and start raising hell. There you go. But I no, I I think I think it's imminent. Like I really really think so. Now after Belair won, Oscar ended up saving her from a post match beatdown by Carmella and Chelsea Green. Oscar kind of like plays air guitar with the title for a bit. It's a little strange, but giving yeah. it back to her. It's Oscar. Yeah. Like I think I feel like Oscar's going full Shinsuke. There are a few people that could have made that work, but she definitely did. The most she could with it, for sure. Asuka's just so... She's so endearing. She really is. <laughs> Even when she's in her terrifying kata makeup, she's still cute as a button. And you believe you're like, oh, look at Asuka being goofy. Yes. She's so Japanese. She's so fun. It's like... She's awesome. She is, she is, she is, she is a fun, fun, fun character. Then, to close it, we had the main event, Solo Sokoa up against Kevin Owens again, this time in a street fight. A hella fun matchup with the expected... Um, finish of the Usos interfering and giving Solo the victory. But Solo was putting on such a great match with Kevin, and he has for all the matches he's had with him. I would be okay with Solo beating him clean. Yeah. Because he is really looking good in the ring lately. One thing I love about Kevin Owens that I don't think it's talked about a lot is his selling ability. The way he can put anybody over. 
and make any match that Kevin Owens in is in, aside from a few that shan't be named, any match that Kevin Owens is in, he can make whoever else is in the room with them look like a million bucks. Yeah. And is and it's just it's. I was not the biggest fan of that Roman versus Kevin Owens match, the one at um, Elimination Chamber. Was it Elimination? I was it Elimination Chamber? Yeah. I guess. No, 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 no. That was the Rumble. No, yeah, because that, that was, was the Sammy's Rumble, name. and then it led into Chamber. That's right. But yeah, it was not my favorite match in the world. But more often than not, Kevin Owens makes anyone else look like, you know, again a million bucks. But yeah, it, it was it was a. I'm not sure how they're gonna you know build this whole if the tag teams with Sammy and KO versus the Usos is what they're doing. They've only got two weeks to make that happen before it's WrestleMania time. Not sure how they're gonna do it, but I would be absolutely shocked if it was anything else but that. But the card is stacked. filling up. It's, yeah, it's, it's already stacked. stacked. Too, yeah, it's already stacked. Like, dude, this is. This is an impressive WrestleMania on paper. Yeah. I mean, Omos and Lesnar being the exception. I know that's going to be the the fact that, you, you know, the women's matches used to be the piss break matches. That's what everyone used to say. But the women's matches we have right now are Charlotte and Rhea, Asuka and Bianca, then Damage Control against Becky, Lita, and Trish. Those are all like, awesome the matches. Like, the women are kind of stealing it. Yeah. So, either way, even though I'm not super hype for Charlotte and Rhea... I know Charlotte's good, even though I can't stand her, and I am so hot on Rhea right now yeah. that I am very excited. I know they're going to put on... They could put on a really great match if they end up bringing their A game. Now, before we get into the previews of what's coming on SmackDown and Raw coming up, there is a big bit of news that just dropped today as of recording. It's more Hall of Fame news. I don't know if you've heard it. The He's, Great Muta the great is getting Muta. inducted, yes. The Great Muta is going to get inducted. Now, who was inducting him? Because I was really hoping it was going to be Shinsuke, but... I'm really not sure, but I know that Great Muta getting inducted is kind of a big deal because he is an international sensation. Yeah. He was on WCW a couple times. That's probably the closest tie he's had with WWE other than Shinsuke being his last match, which that entrance of Shinsuke... If you haven't seen it, go see it, it because fantastic. that was... I don't like using the term orgasmic, <laughs> but really anything involving Shinsuke can can use that word. Yes, it can. And I, I will say, just him being inducted alone is going to increase viewership of WrestleMania by about 500,000 at least, just from everybody from halfway across the world that's going to be tuning in to see that alone, which I can't wait for. It's and if you so look cool. at the official news on WWE's site when they first announced it, I ended up uh, coming across this uh, story while I was at work. I'm telling it myself. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but on March 15th, it was announced that legendary Japanese wrestler The Great Muda will be inducted, blah, blah, blah. Here's how you can tell that this is some new management in WWE. Muda is a world-renowned and feared wrestler. This is on their website. Performing in Japanese promotions, All Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling Noah but also notably in the U.S.-based World Championship Wrestling. Uh, he started his career in NJPW, where he made a name for himself, before landing in WCW, where he battled with the likes of Sting, Lex Luger, and even Stone Cold Steve Austin, then going by his stunning Steve Austin nickname. So, yeah, there's a lot more. You can go, you can go read it yourself. But the fact that they mention other promotions... Yeah. I think that alone is the reason why they're inducting Muda because like we're not going to induct him if we're not allowed to mention New Japan, not allowed to mention All Japan. Bro. Like the closest they've come is mentioning that Finn Balor is a former IWGP champion. Yeah. But that is the closest they've come. And I think given the way they're mentioning all this stuff, I think they would let Sting come in and induct induct him if he wanted to. However, I think that's something that AEW wouldn't allow, which is unfortunate, but I think that's something Sting would love to do. I just think that with the way things are right now, I don't think Tony Khan would ever let somebody no, from AEW come to dub induct anyone. I think if it was the other way around, if AEW had a Hall of Fame, I think Triple H would have no problem that one of his stars come induct somebody in that in, in their little, you know, in an AEW Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, with all the trash that AEW talks about WWE, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. I want to be like, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction if your if your entire fan base is built on dumping on my company. Then no. It just sucks because it feels like something should be bigger than a you know, what is some considered to be a war i don't think wwe considers it to be a war between two they companies don't. this is WWE's a matter of... still doing their thing yeah. aew wwe existing is their lifeblood yeah like they it's like they start getting all twitchy and they start sweating if they're not able to make a wwe bash during yeah. one of their shows so 
I just I would love to see somebody like Sting or I mean Shinsuke. I mean I think that would be my number one pick, just because I'm selfish and I love Shinsuke and I want to see him on TV again. <laughs> but you know, uh, it really sucks that he's probably just going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at this point. That does suck, and I don't want to think about that. <laughs> that makes me sad. Uh, but the only stuff we know about SmackDown coming up as of recording time is we have Sheamus and Drew, which we've already shared our excitement for yep. and our prediction. We're going to get the live edition of Impulsive that we mentioned. Yep. Uh, Theory is going to go up against Montez Ford, the other half of the Street Profits. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be an absolute Ford is banger. He's, he's absolutely incredible. And he healed pretty quickly from, <laughs> from Elimination Chamber. I know. It's crazy. Was that, was that a work? I'm not sure if that was a work. <laughs> I think I've finally come to see the light now. That yes, it was. <laughs> and then the Tribal Chief is coming back to Raw to confront Cody, which is going to be interesting because, as they said, it's personal now. Cody is meddling in the Bloodlines affairs, which means that if this rivalry already wasn't heated with the Dusty stuff, it's about to get... These next couple Raws and Smackdowns... Uh, They've only got two apiece left. They're going to put the so, blood into Bloodline. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. I cannot wait. Wow, it, I And there's only, again, there's only two... Two Raws and three SmackDowns left until WrestleMania, so whatever's going to happen leading up to it, it's going to happen now. It's going to happen within the next two or three shows. I don't remember the last time I was this excited for a WrestleMania, honestly. I mean, last year was exciting. Don't get me wrong, but... It's going to be my one-year anniversary of watching WWE. It is, which is a big milestone. It is. Yeah. Applaud for me. Add an an applause sound effect in post, please. Yeah. Add it right right, right here. It's right there. That was beautiful. Thank you. Okay, awesome. You deserve every bit of it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Connoisseurs on the Ropes. So happy to be back. We hope to get another episode out for you next week as we are nearing closer and closer to the showcase of the Immortals. WrestleMania. We can't wait, and we are so excited for WrestleMania. And we'll have a show. We're going to try our best. I was going to mention this to you, but I'll go ahead and mention it while we're on the air. We'll have one of our shows probably the one right before WrestleMania, obviously, when we know the full card, be our WrestleMania prediction show. Absolutely. And we will keep track of each of our predictions, and in the show after, we'll see who got the most correct. So, Absolutely. be on the lookout for that, and I'll let you play us out. <laughs> I couldn't have played it out better myself. Connoisseurs on the ropes. Thanks for listening. We hope to catch you next time. See y'all soon. <laughs>